Good morning. Hope everybody's had a good week so far. I hope uh, everything's going good in your life. Um, I know we've got many people that are sick and everything right now, so we need to continue to remember them in prayer, but uh, hopefully they'll have a speedy recovery. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the message this morning. <clears throat> Father, we come to you this morning. Uh, we thank you for <clears throat> your presence that is already here. We, we know you're here with us, Father, not just because we have moments where we sense your presence, but we also know what your word says and that it is true. And so, Father, we, we stand on the promise of that word, knowing that you're faithful. And we just ask right now, Father, that you would, um, first of all, that you would just forgive us where we failed you. If there's anything in our life that's wrong I, I, and we don't know about it, show us, Lord, that we might repent and turn away from it and, and seek forgiveness, Lord. Lord, anything that we've held on to, help us to just let go of it and, and turn to you, Father. Lord, secondly, I ask that you would just move in this place today. Send your Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and stir us, oh Lord, up to righteousness. Father, uh, uh, solidify the message that we, that we hear today in our hearts. That as we leave this place today, Lord, it wouldn't just quickly fade away into the distance, but Lord, it'd be something that we we feed on and that we that we take with us and, and share with others, Lord. Let your word be the thing in our life that is the most important, God. I pray that you'd give me words to speak. I pray that you'd send your anointing and help me to speak and, and say what you'd have me to. And Lord, let your will be done throughout the rest of this service. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Today we're going to continue our um, study, or series on the armor of God. I know this has uh, been a long one. This is not um, something I typically do, but... And I'll be honest with you, I don't really like doing series. It just... About the second one in, I'm over it. I'm, I'm ready to do something different. You know, that's just my personal uh, way I like to operate. But uh, I have to, I have to do what God's put on my heart. And every time I've come back to Him, He's like, "No, you need to finish. You need to continue." So that's what we're going to do, y'all. We're going to power through. We're going to get through all of this. And I believe God has uh, a special. Um, not just special word for us, but there's a special reason why we need to dig into the word like this and, and gain that deeper understanding. And sometimes it's just to be reminded of who God is and how He has equipped us and He's given us all of the things we need to be able to fight the fight that we need to be fighting. Uh, I think sometimes that is the probably the most important reminder is that we need to be fighting. There is a fight, a battle going on all around us, and uh, we can choose to engage or not. And we should engage. So we're going to start in verse 13 today and finish in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 6. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, 
taking the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. So taking the shield of faith, that is what we're focusing on today, the shield of faith. What is faith? Well, Hebrews 11 is probably the, the most plain definition according to the Bible of faith. And, and y'all, we need to understand that before we go any further. Defining words according to what man says the definition is is not always the same as what the Bible says the definition is. We need to be sure that when we gain understanding of a word that it is according to God's word, not just what somebody's made up. So love is a great example of that. We use love in so many ways, that word is just, it's all over the place. But the Bible defines love in a way that has nothing to do with emotion. It has all to do with actions. You know, if you want to see what love is, you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it tells you plainly love is patient, love is kind, so on and so forth. It talks about these things that you do that demonstrates love to other people. So faith is very similar. We can define faith a lot of ways, but... We need to know what the Bible says faith is. So Hebrews 11 says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So there is a component of our walk with God that is tied to hope. It's things that we hope for is made up of faith. It's the very substance of it. And it is oftentimes... There's evidence of things going on that we can't see. But because we know God, because we believe in Him, we have this evidence that we see, even though we don't see the real thing yet. The commentary I was reading, I've been reading this quite a bit, uh, says, Faith here is firm confidence in the Lord and in His Word. I think that's a practical application of it more than it is a definition. Firm confidence in the Lord and in His Word. When temptations burn, when circumstances are adverse, when doubts assail, when shipwreck threatens, faith looks up and says, I believe God. And man, that should be our motto. That should be our battle cry. That should be the thing that we go back to time and time again in our life because I don't know about you, but in my life there are so many times when I look at situations and circumstances in my life and there is no reasonable explanation about how this is going to end well. And if I listen to the report of doctors, if I listen to the evidence that I see with my eyes, it would be dark, it would be dreary. But I have to, in those moments, say, I see what all this says, I hear what people are saying, but I believe God. And it's the Word of God that we have to hang on to. It's His promises that we have to hang on to to be effective in this battle that we're in. I believe God. What report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. 
This needs to be the ideal that we just continually correct ourselves and encourage ourselves with. Y'all, that, that's, that's what this shield of faith is all about. Choosing what we're going to believe and who we're going to believe. There's so many other things that we can believe in this world, but God's Word's true. We've talked about the belt of truth. The belt of truth is not just about us not telling lies. It's also about what truth is, hanging on to truth, letting that be a cornerstone, a pillar, so to speak, in your life that, that we're, we're not just believing any little thing that comes along, but we're hanging on to truth. Faith is based on that. Listen, I have to sometimes believe the thing I can't see yet. I have to believe for it. Now, I'm not trying to tell y'all today that you should just dream up whatever little thing you want to and believe somehow God as your magical blue genie is going to fulfill whatever your request is. That is not biblical. But what is biblical is the Word says that we should make our requests made known to God and bring them before Him. And He supplies all of our need according to His riches and glory. I have to believe what the Word says. And when I have need in my life, I bring it to Him, my provider, my healer, my Savior, and He is the one to meet my need. That is what my faith is based upon. It's not based upon a wish or something that may or may not happen, but what it's based upon is the promises of God's Word. And so when I encounter my adversary, the devil, I've got something now to put between me and him. What does the devil like to do? Oh man, he's going to lie. But he is so subtle with his lies. Satan went to Eve, and, and y'all, I'm going to put this in my own words, so if you try to do a word search, you're not going to find it this way. <laughs> but it's still, it's still going to be true. Satan went to Eve, and he said, did God say you shouldn't eat of every tree? I want you to just think about how he twisted that. Genesis chapter 3, I believe, if you want to go read it. He said, did he say you couldn't eat from every tree? And maybe if we spin it and put it a little bit different words, didn't God say you shouldn't eat at all from, from any of this stuff that he made? Well, no, that's not what he said. Eve comes back and he said, she says, no, we, we can eat of every tree except for the one. We're not even supposed to touch it or we'll die. What's Satan's response? This is where that subtle lie comes in. You won't die. You see, God doesn't want you to eat of that tree because he knows then you're going to know the difference between good and evil. He didn't want you to be like him. But you see what Satan does. The first thing he does is he... He poses a question that brings about a possibility of doubt. Because as soon as he asks that question, Eve goes within herself and begins to ask that same question. No, that, that's not what he said. But there, there's this little bit of doubt that begins to creep in. And then he contradicts what she knew to be true. 
You know where Eve failed? Eve failed by not shutting it down right there. She didn't stop and say, no, this is what God said. I hear what you're trying to do, Satan, and no, that's not what he said. He said we would surely die. She then began to question, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe God really does. Why would God have created this if he didn't want us to take part of it? All these little things start to creep in. All because Satan asked a question, brought in some doubt, and then contradicted the Word of God. What should Eve have been saying? I believe God. I don't believe you. I believe God. And y'all, we need to say that over and over again in our life. We need to begin to question every aspect of our life. Does it line up with God's Word? I believe God. Faith. Faith is believing God. I don't know how to say it any simpler than that. Those three words right there. I believe God. That, that's faith right there. You see, because there's so, so many other voices in our life. There's so many other things telling us different, different answers, different truths, to, so to speak. But I believe God. I believe His Word. I believe His Word is true. Those are just some of those fiery darts that Satan likes to throw at us. That's what it says back in the, the initial reading here. It says, Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Fiery darts. He loves to throw those little things at you. He wants to tempt you. He wants to... Um, with that temptation, his hope is that you will sin, that you will begin to doubt what God says is true, just like he did with Eve. He knows that this temptation and, and then eventual sin weakens you and it weakens your testimony. It, it slows the work of the kingdom of God. He wants you to question and doubt the truth of the Word of God. Why is faith such a big deal? Hebrews 11, and in, in case you don't know, Hebrews 11, the whole chapter is really kind of known as the faith chapter. It's all in there. It covers it from Genesis all the way through, man. It gives you example after example of how people uh, were told something to do and through faith, they acted upon that. You see, there's a, another principle that we need to know and understand and be sure we include today, and that is in James chapter... Uh, let me see, where did I write it? I think it's James chapter 2, verse 20, if I remember right. It says, uh, faith without works is dead. So we can sit here all day talking about, I believe God, I believe God, I believe God, but you don't really believe God if you're not doing what that belief is. If you don't take your, your faith that you say, I believe God is saying this in His Word, and then you don't do that, it's worthless to you. It is dead. 
And so we can talk all day about what we believe and how we feel, but until we actually put action with our faith, it's of no use to anyone. Jesus gave us an example of how uh, if someone comes to you and you see, oh man, he's in need, they're hungry, and you just go to them and you say, uh, be warmed and be filled. But you don't do anything about it. It didn't do them any good. They're still cold. They're still hungry. And we, we, we understand though that, that faith is a critical part of this armor, but until it's actually put into use, it's of no benefit. <coughs> 11, uh, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith in this illustration of the armor of God is, is a shield. Think about how a shield is used in battle. A shield, when it's picked up and handled correctly, can be used to cover every part of the body. It can, depending on the size, some of those shields were really big. You could... You could just cover your entire body with one shield. Some were smaller and they were, they were made to be moved around a lot. But that shield is always used to block the attack of the enemy. We see that, that we've, we've already talked about some portions of the armor, how we have the, the belt, the breastplate, the shoes. We're going to also talk about the helmet of salvation. The, the, the shield is so critical to all parts of it that it can be lifted and cover every aspect of this thing. Faith is so connected that it, it is used in every part. When we talk about righteousness, there's faith connected to it. Faith becomes a covering in all areas of this battle. We must believe God. Man, I don't know how else to say it, but believing God over everything else is so critical to a Christian life because there are so many other voices. The enemy loves to just throw all kinds of different things out, hoping to confuse, to bring about confusion and, and discord and chaos. We hold on to truth and righteousness and peace by faith. We can't always see the physical actions of God. But by faith we believe that He is working. Y'all, we, we've heard testimonies time and time again of how we've, we've prayed. We've asked God to move and then we... Weeks later, we'll hear a testimony of how God moved. Why did He do that? Because we prayed. Because we asked Him to, and we believed that He would. <laughs> it, it, it seems like such a silly, simple concept, but, but believing God and asking Him, and not doubting, not wavering, Believing He's going to hear our prayer because we prayed. 
He moves. I don't want to come across today like we have figured out some secret formula to make God do anything. It's just simply this. God is being faithful to His Word. He said, when you do these things, this is what I'll do. And, and we're just seeing Him be faithful to what He said He would do. The tough part is when we don't have the answers. And man, there's some tough things that we encounter in life. I, I, I dread those questions. Those questions that, that really nobody has a good answer to. Why does God allow this? Or why does God allow that? And Man, those are hard for us to answer. But by faith... Sometimes we just have to simply say, I believe God and I know He's in control. We don't always see how it's going to work out. We don't always see what the end is or, or when we see the end, we don't understand why. But we just have to believe God is in control and I believe and trust Him. So what is the opposite of faith? Doubt, unbelief. And unbelief is, is one of those things that, um, man, it, it's a cancer. It will eat away at you. It will eat away at your relationship with God. And, and I want to explain what unbelief is. It's not simply not knowing. Okay, In fact, it's, it's very much so just not knowing. <laughs> unbelief is saying, I choose not to believe. I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe that He's going to do anything. That He's able to do anything. It's choosing to trust in my own wisdom and understanding versus God's. Unbelief. And, 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 and here's the problem. This is something that does take place in a Christian life. It's not just out in the world. It's even within Christians we have those times where we just say, I'm going to do it my way, God. I don't trust you. Now, we would never just come out and say that, would we? We would never just say to God's face, I don't trust you. <laughs> but our actions say that. We take it into our own hands and we say, we're going to do it my way. God's not moving. I ask Him, but He's not doing anything, so I'm going to have to do it myself. Over in Matthew chapter 13, it, it, it gives us a, uh, an account of Jesus going to Nazareth. Nazareth was his hometown. So he goes back there. Now to kind of set the stage a little bit, we need to understand that this is a point in time where he's already involved in his ministry. He's already going around all these places. He's He's performing miracles. He's just doing stuff that, that is what we would consider today crazy. I mean, the miracles He's doing are just phenomenal. Healing people that by no stretch of the imagination, even by today's medical standards, probably we would not be able to do anything for them. Bringing people back to life. I mean, just 
crazy miracles. He goes to Nazareth. His reputation precedes him. Okay? They, they, they know Jesus because he grew up there, but also they hear all this stuff going on. He goes, he teaches in the synagogues, and, and people listen to him, and they're immediately turned off. In fact, the Word tells us that, that they're offended by him. They start to question, they say, well, isn't, this, isn't this the son of that carpenter? Y'all remember him, right? What, 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 who does he think he is? In, in verse 58 of chapter 13, it says this very simply. It says, Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You see, these people hamstringed Jesus by their unbelief. Oh, he wanted to do some stuff. And, and it says he didn't do many, so he did some. We can assume that, just basic deduction. If he didn't do many, that means he did some. So there were some people there that had enough faith to believe that whatever they were hearing about this man and what they were seeing with their eyes lined up and that they could trust and believe that he was going to do what he was saying he could do. But there was a whole bunch of them that didn't. Because they refused to believe on Him. Unbelief limits what God will do. I didn't say can do. God can do absolutely anything. But it limits what He will do because God oftentimes does not move in our lives because we don't believe in Him. We don't believe He will. We don't believe sometimes even that He can. And so because of our unbelief, He just doesn't. Why is that? Well, because once again, just like when uh, we do have faith and believe in God is faithful to His Word, when we don't believe and we're not trusting Him, He's faithful also. You see, because God is true. So we talk about this shield of faith. Remember the purpose of the armor of God. We talked about it in verse 13. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That shield of faith is a component that, that provides this extra layer of protection over this armor. We don't have to worry about our truth and peace and righteousness coming into attack of the enemy because that shield of faith puts it between us and him. Eve could have put that shield up, y'all. Eve could have said, nope, you're not going to attack what I know to be true. You're not going to attack righteousness of God especially you're not going to do those things. You're not going to steal my peace because I believe God. Now you can do the same exact thing in your life today. You can say, you know what, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what people at work say. I don't care what my family says. Everybody can say all these things that they want to say, but I choose to believe God. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. 
You can do that today. You can say, you're not going to steal my peace and my truth and my righteousness because I'm going to cover it with faith. I believe God. And when the enemy throws those little darts, what, what do those darts look like? Sometimes it'll be accusations. Remember when you messed up. God didn't forget that. Remember that time when you said you are going to do this, but you didn't do it. God didn't forget that. Remember that time you had that thought you shouldn't have had. God knew all about it. Those accusations will come at you all the time, and there ain't but one thing you can do. Do just like what Jesus did. Jesus attacked the enemy with what? The Word. And we're going to talk about that here in the coming, coming weeks, the sword of the Spirit. But that shield of faith is based on that. My faith is in God and in His Word. And I begin to put that as a barrier between me and the darts of the enemy. All of a sudden, those fiery darts become quenched. They become ineffective in my life because I am trusting and believing in the one source of truth in this world. I'm not believing what the enemy says. I'm not believing his lies and his attacks. I'm not even allowing that moment of doubt to come in. Y'all, we've all had those moments. We've all had those times where we questioned, is what I have been taught about God all my life true? If you sit here and say that you've never had a doubt or a question like that, I, I, I have to challenge you that you're probably fooling yourself. We have all had them. I say that today because I want to encourage you that, that that's, that's not an out-of-the-ordinary thing to occur but what you have to do is go back to something that you know to be true. Remember that the enemy lied before he will lie again. If you've ever had an encounter with him, you know if you've ever trusted the enemy at every, any point in your life, you know that he lies. It sounds good for a little bit, but eventually you see him for what he is, a liar. But every time, I've trusted God. He's never failed me. He's never let me down. In the moment, I may not have understood it, but I guarantee you later on I did. I saw that God was working. God was doing things I didn't even understand yet. He's always been faithful to me. He's never lied to me. And so when it comes to those kind of things and the enemy throws those darts at me, I have to take a stand right now in my battle with him. I'm going to believe God. I believe Him over anything else. I believe Him over circumstances. I believe Him over what looks to be real in this world. I believe that He is true. I put my trust in Him. Faith is firm confidence in the Lord and in His Word. 